0: On this week's episode of Live with Jason, John Evans, we're going to be talking about staggered single releases versus, you know, saving up all your songs and releasing them as an album, which one's the better option for you? We'll be discussing that. Secondly, we're going to be discussing how to uh, deal with low turnouts to your live shows. You might be doing something right now that actually prevents you from getting more people to come to your shows. We're going to be talking about that as well. And thirdly, the big question today for the I Am Northbound Inner Circle, which is completely free to join. If you haven't gone and done that already, go do it. I Am We're going to be answering the question, can I do a good music video? video on a budget man I'm not even doing this episode live that's been about eight takes to get me this far through so let's see how we go and let's see if I can actually answer these questions today What is up? Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're doing fantastic. I always like to ask you, how's your week been? How's everything in your world right now? I hope things are doing well. I'll give you a few seconds now to answer. So how was your, how's your week? Wow. That's really cool. Hopefully you gave a positive answer. That'd be so unintentionally sad if you said your week was bad and I'm like, wow, that looks so sarcastic. Hopefully your week is doing fantastic. I'm doing good. Thanks for asking back. I left that little space there for you to ask it back. And if you have any manager, you would have asked me how I was too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, things have been good here. I'm still not doing this these shows live. I mean, today's been proof enough as to why I probably shouldn't be going straight into live shows because it took me about eight takes to just get up to just get through the intro. I kept making mistakes. But then again, I mean, you know, my, my mind's kind of everywhere at the moment. Uh, it, a really cool thing, though, I tell you, I, I, I promised, I, I promised that I would not be one of those people that just, you know, spam their babies online. But Julia, my daughter, smiled for the first time yesterday, and I, I managed to capture it on film. It was the most amazing thing that I've ever seen in my life, and it was just, oh my goodness, I've never, I've never seen her smile like that before. And I tell you, that's my favorite. If someone you're going to ask me what's my favorite part about being a dad, that was it yesterday. So I've been like spend most of my time just watching that video over and over and over again because I just happen... I mean, my phone is full of recordings of her doing absolutely nothing because I'll be videotaping her just in case she does something and she just doesn't uh, because she's, you know, a baby, or a newborn baby. They just don't do things on command as much as you want them to. But her heard the other day, I mean, I just hit record and all of a sudden it was like, bam, there it is. Huge, big, massive smile out of nowhere. It was the most amazing thing ever. Um... Other than that, I'm gonna take these headphones off. I don't even need them. I don't even know, I mean, I know why I had them. It's because I um, need to hear when the intro music is. And uh, I thought maybe I could listen to my mic through the headphones, but it turns out the delay's there and it's uh, insufferable. So I'm gonna be doing it just as normal. Um, but my time has been put back into the Four Dimensional Songwriter, the book. I am so excited to get it out. I tell you, the, I finished the other day, the first draft, now like the first complete write through. and. Uh, the way I've written it, I've kind of just, um, I've written individual chapters and then I've kind of, you know, gone over them and, you know, decided that they were finished enough to move on to the next chapter. So I kind of have been like, drafting it as i go but this is the first time that i I did all of the chapters and then compiled them into one document and now i've just been reading through and adjusting things as i go but i mean i tell you we're getting towards the final stretch here it's almost done i'm so happy with the information in it and i really really know i know i was gonna say i think but i know it's gonna make a difference in the way you go about approaching your music dreams um it's everything you need to know to dominate this new music industry that's for sure now, I'll tell you now. I'm doing better at getting these like getting these shows sorted because my computer is muted, my phone is muted. But let's just see what the next technical difficulty is going to be that's going to pop up and get me. I can already hear weird noises coming from somewhere. So I, I you know, probably isn't too far away. Uh, so yeah, the book is almost ready to be to come out. As I said, if you want one of the first copies, I'm going to do a run of fifty. Uh, f- the first, if you want to be one of the first fifty people, I'm pretty sure. Look. I always say this with my stuff. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to 50 is my cutoff. Same thing with these branding, co- um, the branding workshops I'm doing, the how to dominate the new music industry um, workshops. I'm always like, you know what? I'm not taking any more than 10 people in. And then some people are like, I really want to join. I'm like, okay, I'll squeeze you in. So if you want to join in uh, for these type of things, uh, if you, if you want to join the uh, list of people that want the first copies, let me know. And I'll put you on the list to get one of the first copies ever of the four dimensional songwriter, which is going to change your life. I can guarantee it. So yeah, speaking of those branding workshops, i got another one coming up next week. Uh, the seats have filled and then a couple of people said they can't make it. So I figured rather than try to like advertise it, I'd rather just open it up to the people that listen to the podcast and to the inner circle. So if I advertise it, those spots are going to fill, but I'd rather it go to someone who is... Maybe you've been looking for a seat at one of these things, uh, one of these workshops, and you know you just didn't know it was on. So I want to give access to the people who show me support first. Uh, you know, If none of you guys are interested, that's fine. I think I've only got like two spots left. So I mean, they're probably going to go quickly. But anyway, just in case those two spots don't fill, I'll then advertise them out. But that's going to be next Monday night at 5 p.m. PST. I don't even know. I'm gonna be doing it in Australia at 11 a.m. on Tuesday or something like that. I don't know, time zones suck. I hate working them out. More or less, it's gonna be, if you're in America, it's, it's, it's situated for an American time zone. Um, I think it's about 5 p.m. PST in America, sorry, in New York is going to be 8 p.m. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. If you're interested, it's around that time. Send me a message and I'll send you the link to where to go to. I can tell you now, actually go into my Instagram bio, click the link and you'll see a button that says presentations. And I'll take you to the page where you can um, reserve your seat. Now, if you are listening from Europe, I know, trust me, I've heard a lot of you guys go, why haven't you done one for England yet? I've got a waiting list full of people from Europe and, um, the, you know, a specific lot of people in England that want me to do one that suits their time zone. Cause I know the American ones work out to be in the middle of the night for Europe. And I mean, they go for three, three, three to three and a half hours. There's no way that I expect you guys to stay up from like 3am to 6am. So I, I am just know that I am trying to work out a time that suits you guys as well. But the problem is, is that for me to block out three and a half hours, it becomes quite tricky to do with being on, I think I'm on nearly literally the other side of the world from Europe. So it's quite difficult for Uh, for me to try to organize uh, to to that amount of time without it being that I started at midnight and finished at 3 a.m. and you're not going to get the best side of me at that time of night. Um, Funny to think, because I used to be the biggest night owl, but now I guess just getting older, I'm just, I'm never up that late anymore. Crazy to think I'm on the other side from England and there's people who did that journey to get the uh, first fleet out or whatever from England to Australia by boat. No thanks. That'd be the longest boat ride ever. So, yeah, I was going to tell you guys as well, just before we get into the questions today, something really cool. Um, I've I, I always tried to be working on new content for you guys, and I like being transparent about it as well, uh, just to hear what your thoughts are and, you know, just, just to give ideas out there early. I don't, you know, I, I like surprising you with stuff, but I also like letting you guys know so you know what's coming up. Um, so, I've been... My goal for I Am Northbound, I mean, definitely... I'm running it myself and I don't really get any help with it. All this operation is just me doing it myself. And on top of running I'm Northbound, I'm also doing, you know, this type of content as well as doing, um, The uh, writing the book and organizing a bunch of other stuff that I'll announce when I'm closer to being able to announce it. So I'm pretty busy all the time with a million different things. On top of that, being a dad somehow and fit it all into my schedule. So I knew that this time of life would be quite busy. So I haven't been able to like really commit to it. But my goal for I Am Northbound uh, for the group is to continue to be able to provide free content uh, throughout that group. At the moment, I'm doing it only about once or twice a week, depending on if I bring a podcast episode out as well. That's exclusive. like So not the Live with Jason John Evans show, the, uh, you know, just other random podcast episodes. But really, I'm bringing out one to two pieces of content a week. My goal is to eventually get that to one piece of content a day and then uh, eventually two pieces of content a day. So there'll be one in the morning, one at night. Um, now, obviously, I can't do this all by myself. I, I can't. I just don't have time to churn out that much uh, material, but I am working with other musicians and other people within the industry for them to create episodic-type shows that they'll record, Like, say, a season of. Now, I'm calling a season about eight episodes, so it's about two months' worth of content, eight weeks, I guess. Um, so it'll be that they make a show, we film um, eight episodes. The episodes might only go for between like three and 10 minutes. They might not be very long, but the topic of the show might be uh, for recording in the studio or you know promoting your music or doing uh, different everything will be relevant to you as a music artist in ways that it can help you through that um, you know I was putting up uh, videos from my good friend Nick who's doing the, the Buki breakdown which is all different drum like advanced drum stuff. So now I know that's not entirely relevant to everyone that's a musician but there are you know I know that some of you guys listening are drummers and are in bands too, so it's relevant to you. So the idea would it be to provide as much content as I can that makes it a super relevant place for musicians to go and watch content. And uh, so that's my intention for it. I've got a couple of guys lined up, and I'm going to be starting filming their uh, their shows, so I can so every you know Monday a certain show will come out, every Tuesday a certain show will come out, and try to give you guys as much free information as I can to get um, you know to get you get the ball rolling um, on your to head towards your music dreams. Now obviously my priority at the moment is finishing the book and once that's out I've got much more time to be able to dedicate to providing content. Um but yeah that at least you know that's where that's where I'm going to be taking it. I'm northbound. So if you haven't signed up yet you're just going to be getting so much more stuff in the future. It's all free. You're going to have a great time doing it and it's all going to be fantastic. Uh, Now, I will be completely transparent. I don't know eventually. I'm not going to commit to saying that the I Am Northbound Inner Circle will always be free uh, just because of the fact that if I have other people coming on making content, they're going to expect to be paid for it. But you can have my word that I will never ever try to squeeze you guys for cash. As you know, that's not my intention. I've never, if I, if that was my intention, I would have done it by now. That's not what I'm about. Uh, If I can keep the cost down to like a dollar a week, that would be fantastic. Cause that way you could flick uh, your subscription goes to the people who make the content. They get paid for making it and it costs you nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, But then again, like if it helps you reach your music goals, how much is it worth to you, you know? But I, as I said, I'm never going to be charging an absolute fortune. You'll never say, hey, join now for one easy payment of $49.99. Then it's a weekly subscription of $99.99 or something stupid like that. Um, it's all about trying to help you in the best way possible. But regardless, I had an idea for another piece of content that I, a little while ago that I've been refining and working out. And um, I'm really, really starting to get on path with how I think it's going to be great. So there's so many services out there in the world, like on Fiverr, uh, specifically of people saying that they can help your, uh, promote your music for next to nothing. And like any musician would be like, does that work? Like, does that really work? Like this person is like saying that they could, you know, one person will say, Hey, for $14, I can put Uh, Your music on like blogs that have millions of people worth you know worth of traffic uh, come through them and you know give you great exposure. Now I don't want to turn this content into like a review style, so I'm not going to be like naming and shaming people if it doesn't work. But then a part of me thinks like I wouldn't ever want to. I'm never going to recommend people to you that don't work either. But what I want to do is take a fictional band. I've got a song that I wrote for a TV show that never ended up. it was a project that never ended up going, uh, ended up happening or going ahead. There's a word. Um, a lot of times I don't get to the word I'm thinking else that, you know, small victories. Uh, but actually, I've wrote a song for that and I, um, I was meant to be the theme song or the main song of the band that was in the TV show. Cause it was, a TV show about a band. Um, so what I'm going to do is take that, it's for a fictional band, then I'm going to craft a fictional band around that song and then use that in each episode to test out different methods of promotion and see which ones are actually worth your money. I talk a lot about and I talk about a lot about building authentically and doing things the right way, which I still believe 100,000% is the right way to go about things. But I want to see if on the side there are little... Um, little tricks or ways that you can go about actually getting good responses and testing out these methods to see, does it really work? So um, let me know if you're keen on seeing that show. I, um, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to bring it out, but I'm really excited to get the ball rolling on that one sooner rather than later um, because, yeah, I'd love to test out these specific promotion methods and get to you guys whether I saw results and then you guys can hear that. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? My computer is meant to be muted and for some reason it still made a sound. I don't even know how that works. (laughs) Um, If you're a long-time listener of the show, you'd know that that computer strikes at the most inopportune times, I guess. This makes noises all the time it's a pain um but yeah so i'm really excited to get that show out there and if i can find cool methods that are going to help you know if, if i saw results and i'll recommend them and say hey there's a there's a gig on fiverr that actually works and i'll tell you who it is and how to go about doing it but i think that'd be pretty entertaining to just see if these people are selling snake oil or if they're doing a good job and i'll be the one to put the money in to find out and we'll see um but yeah and then eventually i'll uh I can also get into trying the methods, um, you know, that specifically I could show you on this fake band, the results that it can bring by implementing some of the methods that I come up with too, and to show you that it really does work and you can make it work for your music as well. So that's coming out soon. Let me know what you think about that. Let me know if you're keen for that show. I think it'd be pretty fun. I think it'd be pretty funny to, to uh, take a fake band out there into the world and see if you can get people interested in it. Off one song too. I probably won't write more. So yeah, it's, I'm just thinking about it out loud now. But anyway, that's not what you're here for. You're here to get into the show. And the first question we have here today is, uh, should I release a debut album or individual tracks first? And this is a really, I say this all the time, but this is a really good question. Um, this is uh, When you are a music artist, there is a lot of the times that you'll, uh, you have to make the decision of either writing music and saving up and releasing it all at once or releasing individual singles as you go along. Now, before I get into that question, I just realized, I was like, yeah, an artist comes to mind that I had this discussion with, and it was Liz and the Lions. And I had her CD right here to be able to give it a plug. You need to check it out. It's called Treasures of the Cave. She's fantastic. She's such a legend. And uh, she sent this really cool package uh, from Nuremberg in Germany all the way to Australia where I live and I had a little present for our little daughter in there too which is absolutely lovely but I was gonna give her a quick plug and say treasures of the cave go check out her EP it's fantastic you're absolutely going to love it and uh she's she's fantastic too but anyway back to the question she was asking that question too about the release of her EP like before it came out should you just wait and say hey everybody like my EP's come out on this date like save like save the date so to speak like and just release it all at once There are people on the other end of the scale that never actually release full EPs or albums, they'll just release one song at a time and once they've reached like a certain amount, they just bundle them together and upload them at once saying this is the whatever EP or it's an album because it's got 10 plus songs on it or whatever. Um, So the industry is kind of divided on where, uh, to how to go about things, right? For releasing single songs versus a full album. And usually that's just because uh, it's the new music industry and not everyone's worked out what the right thing to do is yet. So everyone's just stuck in this, um, like a preliminary testing phase to just see what works best for everyone, right? Um, so I understand that. So realistically that means that there's no right or wrong answer, just there's different ways to go about it, okay? So if you are a music artist and you're writing single songs, um, you're going to find yourself in this situation. You're going to be asking yourself, should I go about releasing releasing these songs individually, or should I go about saving them up and releasing a full EP at once, or a full album once? Okay. I think personally, if I can work backwards, if you have an EP coming out like this, if you have Treasures of the Cave coming out, look, listen to me plugging it so much. She's going to love that. If you have an EP coming out and you're not sure whether to release teasers first and then release your full EP later, cool. You can do that. There's nothing wrong with uh, just releasing little clips. If you think that's enough to build hype for your music, go ahead. But it's up to you. You have to know your fan base, okay? Like if you if you go ahead and... um. If you have, if you know that your fan base is quite receptive and you can just tease with like, a, if you can just put a little teaser out there and see big results then do it, you know, like that's, that's when uh, you, you know, no one knows your, your fan base or your audience better than you do. Okay. So if you can bring out these, uh, if if a little clip is enough to keep people that interested uh, and enough to give them enough hype or um, excitement about your EP, that's all you'll need to release. And that's a great way to make sure that the impact of your EP still lasts in the long run. Because if you're going to start releasing tracks early, you're trading, your, the impact for um, exclusivity, or so to speak, or more just yeah, as like a pro, as for promotion, you know. So if if you don't, I mean, think of it this way: if you don't release any teasers or anything like that, and you just release a full EP, that's maximum impact. They've never heard that music before, and they hear it fully mixed, fully mastered, like in order, so they hear, understand it in context, and that's that's the ideal situation, right? But if you go all the other way, you could release individual songs one by one by one, and then they hear it out of context, Uh, they, you know, judging each song individually, uh, there's enough time in between for them to kind of lose focus and they might miss a song and stuff like that. So, I mean, you do lose all of the impact, but by stripping it down to individual song releases, you gain the potential for momentum. If you can keep letting people know there's a new song coming out each week for five weeks or a new song every fortnight for 10 weeks, you can, people can get into a routine of noticing that. So that's as far as you want to strip it back. There's, pl- there's, I mean, pros and cons to both sides of the coin, like. I mean, as I said, if your audience is quite involved and I mean, in quite uh, they engage a lot with your content, you shouldn't need to release too much before you release your EP to get people hyped for it. Because uh, you know that if someone big, like, I mean, when Taylor Swift was bringing out Reputation, is that the, I think that's what it's called? Uh, her album, and she just put the pictures up of like the snake. People were like, oh my goodness, a new album, and she didn't even need to really do anything else. Like crazy, okay? But then if you're on the other hand and you don't have a huge fan base at the moment, you might want to test the waters with just individual songs here and there. But then again, that's that's probably why you'd want to do singles in the first place like actual singles that aren't on your EP. You should be using that time to bring out singles then demos and just get an audience built and then once you go to look at bringing out an EP they're probably gonna be more involved. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's always worth uh, testing your audience first to see what they respond to. If you bring out a little clip and people get really keen for your EP then you shouldn't need to do anything more. Uh, maybe you might wanna do what some people do which is a great idea and I'm pretty sure Liz did it too which is a fantastic thing as well as she shot a video clip for one of the songs and release that early because you think about it, if people are waiting for your EP, they're waiting for an audio release to listen to on like a stream or on CD or whatever. Um, so if they hear just an audio version released early, it's like they've just kind of heard a bit of the EP. But if you release a video clip early, they're actually watching the video clip with the song involved, which is a totally other you know, medium of content. So that makes them feel as though that you're not kind of like leaking the EP away, you kinda it still has impact, but you've seen the video clip for the song first. So you're really just adding more context and more um power and impact to that song because when they now hear it on the EP in context, they'll think of the video clip at the same time. So think about doing it that way. If you can think about uh, the way, if you can think about the way you release your song, sorry, that's the best way to do it for you. Is uh, test the waters first, find out what your fans are responding to, what your audience is responding to, find out what um, is enough. Uh, start small and just let people know you've got an EP coming out. If people are flipping out over that and think it's fantastic. You don't need to do much more. You can just keep the hype going with mystery, like mysterious posts, like, uh, you know, image posts with just a date on it or like uh, just a little tiny clip of like the songs, but so much so you can't make anything out just for like, you know, you see a lot of bands and artists do that mystery type um a mysterious type release because they know their fans are already that interested if your fans aren't interested no one's going to care about the mystery you put a date up on a picture and people go i don't know maybe it was their anniversary who knows you know but if you go the other way uh if you find new people i find your audience isn't grabbing onto what you're putting out yet then just start breaking it down more and more i do recommend more than anything though that you don't under any circumstances release one song at a time just because like if you're just doing that just just because I mean you can do what you want really when it comes down to it, but I personally wouldn't recommend to release, you know, 10 songs then just gather them together and say, here's my album, because an album is so much different I say this all the time, but an album is so much different to 10 songs on a CD. 10 songs on a CD is just that. It's just from 10 different walks of life that doesn't make any contextual sense. There's no like actual, like there's no linear nature through it to understand. There's no journey. There's no balance or anything like that. Albums are an entirely different thing. They're a body of like, they're they're a body of work. So the way to say it, but they're important and you need to put a ton of effort and energy and like everything on your albums needs to be gone through with a fine tooth comb and make sure that like the track order is correct for like the the way that it moves the listener like as far as energy levels go um and as far as like in the intensity of the um of the music like how it flows like yeah that's it like the flow state of the album like that needs to be considered you know like albums move people albums change people's lives and i do have a chapter in the 40 songwriter that I call albums are tattoos that you wear forever, which is true. When you, you know, are finishing up in your music career when you're older and you look back over your discography, like what you brought out, your albums are going to be what people remember. Okay, people probably will forget your demos and your EPs, and that's not a negative thing. People go, "Oh, well, what's the point of putting effort into them?" No, that's fine. It's, it goes to show that people are probably going to forget them in the long run. So it's okay to do testing. Test with your sounds, test what people like, do all your testing through your demos and your EPs. And when it's time to release an album, that's when you hit them. That's when you get them with the full context, best thing you're capable of, that just is like a giant song. Like it's, it's, it's like a, a 10 to 12, um, It's like a song divided into 10 to 12 sections or a song that's 10 to 12 times longer than a usual song. But you know what I mean? It all just fits together. You wouldn't write a song by just... Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Why haven't I thought of that before? But like, you wouldn't write a song with just throwing a verse in and then writing a chorus on a different day. And uh, here's a bridge I wrote. Here's another verse. And you go, I'm going to put it all together and go, that's a song. Because it wouldn't make any sense. You know, Albums are the exact same. Man, that was cool. That's a good way to put it. That's a, you know, I am not to be like, just self-appreciating, but that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, album, don't do that with 10 songs, because 10 songs on a CD will never do what an album can. But when it comes to your normal promotion, uh, if you've got something coming out, release it that way. But if you're not releasing anything in the long run and you just want people to be interested in what you're doing, Release release the songs as demos if they sound great and there's a whole that's a whole other thing to get into making sure that your songs sound good before you launch them because you've only got one chance at uh, you know the the attention span of a listener but if you can make sure that your songs sound fantastic and they like bring them out and release them as demos you can release a song and then later in the future go i'm going to put that song on my album and re-record it because you think it works as part of your album do it if it was popular enough and you think it works as part of the body of work you're bringing out as your um that you know known as your album or that you're going to you know refer to as your album or release as your album uh, then that's the best way to do it for yourself, you know. Like you can re-record stuff later, but once it comes out on an album, you don't re-record it later. So that's the that's your big shot at getting it right. I've seen bands. I to be honest, I did it in my first band. I even brought a song out on an EP, then later used that on an album as well. That's less common, but demos are absolutely fine. But just remember that if you bring a song out early i'm going on so many points here but then again if you've listened to one of my shows before you know i do that i need to work on it but um but then again i also just am providing as much as i can so i mean you know 50 50 right um so it's completely fine for you to bring demos out but just remember that if you bring that song out as a demo it will never have the same impact as it would if it was brought out fully polished uh, in the long run. I'm going to go into that, um, on another day. Okay. I'll make sure that I uh, can answer that question of how to make sure that your demos hit the world with maximum impact. Um, but I've got a chapter dedicated to that in my book as well. It's really, really important. Okay. But definitely for now, um, it's okay to re-record demos again for albums. They'll just lose their impact. If you're bringing something out, test the waters with your fan base, find out what they're interested in, find out what's resonating with them and, uh, keep at that level of teasing. I was going to say teasement. That's not even a word. But if you're if you're teasing for a new, new EP or album coming out, find out what resonates and stay there. Don't give too much away and don't give too little away or you're not going to get people interested. Okay. Alrighty. Well, the second question is, uh, it wasn't actually a question. It's just someone said to me, there aren't many people at my live shows and they seem disappointed about that fact. And I went, you know what? I'm going to talk about that on Live with Jason Jonas. Now, this isn't really a question, but I'm going to be talking about how to deal with low turnouts at your live shows. Okay. By the way, you buy a drink bottle and they say it's dishwasher safe and then this happens. Consumer Reviews with Jason John Evans, right? Anyway, these people were talking about, uh, uh, you know, they're a band and they're disappointed about the fact that not many people are coming to their live shows. And I asked them and I said, does that disappoint you? And they're like, yeah, well, we put so much time and effort into the promotion of these shows and we walk on stage and it's an empty room like how you meant to be excited about that. And I told him a story that uh, I uh, actually, again, constantly saying, you know, it's in the Four Dimensional Songwriter. I talk about this as well in much more detail than I can in like 10 minutes or five minutes answering a question on this show. But I told him a story about years ago when I was in... Um, When I was touring full-time pretty much, um, we got a phone call from a booking agent that said he had just booked an East Coast tour of Australia and asked if we wanted to jump on board with three other bands and play, you know, I think it was like eight or 10 dates or something like that. And most of these shows were in large or capital cities, like big cities, except there was one show that was booked in a small country town. and. I remember the one of the bands that we were going on the road with kind of complained about this to the booking agent and said they didn't want to play it because they thought that no one's gonna be there. It's a small town, so there's not, not much I mean, there's not much chance of people coming to the shows. So what's the point of playing it? The other bands heard them say that and were like, yeah, they're right. Like I mean, if if we're playing big capital cities, there's more chance like there's a lot of people in those towns so there's a more chance of bigger shows, which I guess like l- like makes sense on like a logic level, but it doesn't work in the actual execution of it because I found personally that my band never turned down a show if we got asked to play if, I mean, Especially in the early days, we didn't care if we were getting paid or not. It didn't matter. Once we started doing it more full-time, it did. But we just didn't turn shows down. So we never like... If we got asked to play some small country town that other bands would laugh at us accepting, going, why would you ever want to go out there? That's in the sticks. No one's out there. It's like not worth going to. Those were the funnest shows of our lives because those people are so thankful for you coming through and playing their town because it's like a bit of a drive to get there and it's a small town and no other bands really go there so they're super loyal and super passionate they were the some of the best shows i've ever played and we developed like the reason we ended up building the fan base we did were pretty much because these small country towns were like the pillars anyway so back to this tour they gave us this idea of like you know what there's going to be um it's an east coast tour and we want uh, you to play all the shows. And there is one small country town booked. Now, as I said, these other bands said they didn't want to play it because they said it's not worth it. And the the booking agent pretty much said, tough luck. Uh, I need to f- find a way to fill that night. And would you rather just not play a show at all? And they are like, oh, I guess I may as well. And there might be like a couple of people there, blah, blah, blah. So anyway... Cut to the night of the performance. At the very end, I was outside and I just remember hearing them all whinging and complaining because it was a small country town and there wasn't many people at the show. Like, I don't know if you've toured much or been on, just like, if you've, you know, driven ages to play a show in another um, state or whatever uh, that isn't me flexing I'm just saying if you know exactly what I'm talking about if you if you've done this sometimes it might just be local and you know this but you spend ages promoting it you get there and no one's there like if you play you're playing to like an empty room that only has like the other bands that are, you know if there's a local band playing you're playing to them and their girlfriends and like the sound man and the bartender and maybe like a couple of people that saw the flies around town you know like it's pretty much an empty room um, and that's what, you know, sometimes happens on tour. Like it's just sometimes the turnouts aren't great, especially in the beginning. So anyway, we played this, uh, we played this small country town and these these bands were just super disappointed in what went on. Rewind to the start of that night. I watched two of the, you know, the, the run sheet was two of the bands, we were the third, and then the, uh, one of the other bands headlined. And the two bands on before us were both visually on stage disappointed at the turnout. They like would play through their set like it was a race. Like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't interact with the crowd. I'd seen these bands play. we have been on tour with them. We saw them play every night. This was not how they performed. They didn't play with this level of apathy ever, right? And here they are on stage, not caring about the audience. They don't care about who's in the crowd. They just want to get through their set quickly so they can get off stage, say they played, and go drink beers. We, on the other hand, tried to approach playing live with a different. Uh, with a different approach, like a different mindset, yeah? We would be like very thankful for the fact that if... If, I mean, who cares if there's like five people in the crowd? If those five people didn't come, we'd be playing to an empty room and that would be worse. Or, you know, I mean, if, if, if they, if no one came out, we wouldn't ever go to, we wouldn't ever need to be asked to be on the road. or We would never be asked to be on the road, which means that we'd be stuck at home doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like it was way better for us to be on the road playing music together. So this is exactly why we had fun when we did. So we went out there and made sure that I felt bad, right? I felt bad for these people that turned up for them to stick around. Wondering why the bands just did not care on stage and just kind of like cut their sets short and just were like, oh man, it was like cringeworthy how much they just didn't care and the the crowd was just so confused. But they kept coming, like they went outside in between each band or whatever, and then they come back in. I thought they'd leave for sure, but anyway, so we go on stage and give it, give them the best show we can. We played to that room like it was full, even though there wasn't that many people in there at all, and. They all had so much fun. Like everyone in the crowd, their faces lit up. They're like, wow, they could see that we respected them being there. I was joking around with them, having fun on stage. Uh, You know, they really enjoyed. The, the show that we gave them, which is really cool. And so, you know, I I'd figured that once we got off stage that that little, um, you know, that little pick-me-up was going, I mean, maybe that little show was going to provide like a pick-me-up for the band after us. and so maybe they'd see that the crowd was in a good mood and that they'd have fun too and make the best of, which is, you know, wasn't an ideal situation exactly, but it didn't, the last band got on stage and they were the exact same. They didn't care. They just wanted to play through the set. They didn't interact with the audience, blah, blah, blah and the crowd just went straight back to looking confused and like why are they why do they not care we just had fun like with um the band before like you know what i mean what's going on why is why don't they care and i remember one of the only things that the singer of the last band the headliner act said to the crowd was that he was heaps disappointed that there was not that many people there and said pretty much said very sarcastically and very passive aggressively well i'm sorry that the show wasn't very good and that we're not giving you that good of a show, but maybe we'd play better and maybe you'd get a better show out of us if you brought some friends along. Man, <laughs> the nervous saying something like that to a crowd like that, you know? And it did not, I mean, that didn't work well for them because a few months later, uh, we did the rest of the tour and it was all fine, blah, blah, blah. Right? But months later, I get a phone call from a promoter from that same small country town that just called me up and said, hey, would you guys want to come back and play again? Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, definitely. If you, if you'll have us, like, as I said, I didn't turn down shows. Like if you if you have us, we definitely would love to. And, um, and yeah. And so we decided to go back and play that show. Now I told the rest of the band and we were all on the same page. We're like, Hey, we'll probably drive out there and, it'll be no one again but you know whatever it's a it's a show we get to go out and play music cool let's do it who knows who knows what can come around because we had played shows in the past that like i mean my first show ever when i first played my very first show when i was 14 years old there was a guy that just happened to be in the crowd that owned a recording studio and gave us like a recording contract crazy like and that's changed my that's what that's what just set me for the rest of my career being like play everything because you never know who's in the crowd if there's five people there you just don't know who who one of them is or what connects one of them has right and that's what turned out to be with this so they called me up and said do you want to play again and i was like yeah yeah for sure um so we went back and we played this sh- we uh, sorry we went back to play this show and we arrived in the afternoon loaded our gear in and we we're like you know what you know it's nearly dinner time how about we go find somebody get some food eat some dinner then come back for sound check and th- as we walked around this the-, the city it didn't look i mean, the city what am i talking about is a small country town that had like five streets it was very small but as we walked around we we're like I mean, there's more than five streets, but you know, everything was shut. It looked like it was a ghost town, like it was abandoned. And we were talking to each other, going, "There probably is not going to be that many people tonight." But who really cares? Let's just, you know, let's just give it a go and see what we can do. So anyway, show comes around, um, and uh, the, the show's that nice, Sorry. So we're walking around, and we walk around the corner and say, "Oh, here's a pub that we can get some dinner at." And we're like, "I wonder if it's even open, because everything else is shut." Turns out the pub was open, and as we open the door could hear straight away that there's a bunch of people inside the pub it was like this where this was where all the town was and uh walked inside and as soon as we came in this guy like uh made eye contact with us and just walked straight at us and i was like oh i figured like because obviously presumably in a small town like that everyone knows one another I saw some guys that like weren't familiar and was like hey i'll you know i'll make him feel welcome right so he comes over and he's like hey um uh, what can I do for you? sort of thing. And I was like, oh, we're just looking to get some dinner before, um, before we have to head out. And the guy was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, no worries. I'll, I'll um, it, there's a restaurant out the back. So I was like, cool. If you just point me in the direction, I'll know where to go. And he said to me, he's like, no, no, I'll walk you through there. And I was like, oh, Southern hospitality, right? Or no, country hospitality, whatever. These guys are so nice. Uh, you know, this is really cool that these guys are, that is, is being so friendly. And like, I was thinking like, you know, no one's coming to the show, blah, blah, blah. It's pubs full, but like, you know, I didn't think any of them were coming to our show. And, uh, as we're walking past these, like people started being like, how you doing? Like high fiving us and stuff and being heaps friendly. And as I walked through to the back area, I said to the guy, I was like, Oh, thanks so much for showing us where the restaurant is. um, you know, everyone's so nice here. Like this is, I mean, you know, maybe we should come here more often. It's a really cool place. And he's like, yeah, man, everyone's here to see you guys play. And it just completely shocked us. Right. Because no one was, we thought no one was coming to the show. The town looked abandoned and no one came last time, but it turns out that that was one of the, like the venue was packed that we played that night. We played in this whole thing. It was full and people were outside watching through windows and stuff. It was crazy. And I, I asked the guy, what happened? Like what went on? Like what why were there so many people there? And it turns out at the first show we played, the people that came to the show were just like five people from town. But because we gave them the respect that they deserved and gave them the show that they deserved, they one of them ended up buying our EP and lent it to anyone in the town that wanted to hear it. And it turns out they lent it out. It's not a live adjacent show. I show sure if there's not a piece of hair in the air, right? Turns out they absolutely loved... Um, sharing our music around to people because they loved the respect that we gave them. Okay. And that's what mattered. All the other bands that played there, nothing, (laughs) no merchandise of theirs got bought that night. And, um, but you know, one of them bought our EP now they gave our EP out to everyone and everyone just burnt themselves a copy. So yeah, technically our, I guess, success in that town was built off music piracy, but who cares, right? Like I didn't care about the money. I don't care about the sales. I care about the fact that these are people that came to our shows later and supported us in the long run. Right. I wouldn't care about getting $10 off them for our EP in the beginning, especially when you can uh, make um, bigger things happen in the long run. So this show was massive and it was packed and all because of the fact that we showed the first five people the respect they deserved for turning up. Now, understand like if you play shows sometimes and you go on stage and no one's there, if the room's empty or if there's just a few people there, you can be disappointed. I mean, it sucks putting in all your time and effort into promoting something uh, and no one be there. I mean, a lot of the times there are a lot of bands and I mean, I'm not saying this to have a shot because I mean, I would find that we'd fall into that trap every now and then. But sometimes you can get to a point where you're like, I shouldn't need to promote my shows because I've been around long enough. People know who we are. They'll see a poster and they'll just know, like people just know about us playing. But then you can't get annoyed if no one's there because you didn't promote the show correctly. But it does suck when you actually do put in the effort to promote a show and no one turns up. That's just how life can be sometimes, right? But why take that out on the people who did show up? You know, the people who did show up are the ones that actually put the effort in. It may look like an empty room to you on stage, but it does not look like an empty room to the person in the crowd, okay? Like they're just watching the set pretty much like they would if there were more people in the room. Their focus is on you on stage, okay? They're not really watching the set, looking around going, wow, what an empty room. I mean, think about it your perspective if you went and saw a band that you liked and it was empty wouldn't you be like happier because you'd be like wow it's like a private show like i can really just really just take it all in without being pushed around and have to deal with a lot of people so if anything they're going in happier because they really like wow this is like this show's just for me so give them that show and it was because we did that that this band went and like told everyone about us and told the whole town you've got to come see and play next time that they, they come through and that's why every time we played that country town, there was sellout shows. And like to the point where people were like watching from outside through windows because they couldn't fit them inside the venue, all because of the fact that we showed respect. That cost us nothing and it brought big results. Now, the other bands that we toured with, it didn't take long for them to find out about the fact that we played this show and it was so big. And I mean, one of them was like, "We're like, wow, well, you know, they just, I guess they're a little bit blinded by the ego thinking and be like, well, we could do that too. Obviously there's more people going to live shows there now. So we'll put our own show on there. Uh and they did and they promoted it. And they put a lot of promoting you know, took promoted with everything they had, put their heart and soul into promoting this event. And unfortunately the poor dudes didn't get anyone to their show. Because it turns out Word spread for them just as quick as well about how much they didn't show anyone any respect. About how much they told the you know they were the band that told the crowd like we would have given you a better show if you brought more people. Uh no one wants to hear that. And like no one's gonna want to see your band if you if you be disappointed. Uh it you don't have to be that rude on stage, but you can just be disappointed by like not giving them the, the the same show you would have if there were more people in the room, because it's you're pretty much saying to them, the support that you're showing me isn't enough for my standards. And I want you to show me more or I don't give you the show you want, which is just like the last thing, a, you know, a supporter of yours wants to hear. And that just pushes away all of your fan base that have like put so much effort into supporting you to get you to where you are in the first place, you know? So just just think of it that way. This band went and played that show. No one was there. It was like empty. They ended up started fighting with one another about whose fault it was that no one came. And then they you know that just started a snowball effect of inattention within the band. And it was like less than a month later, I think, or it was just a few weeks later. I don't know. It was it wasn't that long until they announced they were breaking up. So don't let that be you. And I, this is the same thing. Uh, so if people are saying that there aren't many people coming to your live shows. Yes, you can do more things on, I mean, there are a million ways that I can go about answering these questions, okay? Like, I I mean, I could answer the same questions each each week and give you a new perspective on it like there aren't many people at my live shows so I could talk about promotion I could talk about communicating better with your fans or like marketing properly or using like effective email marketing to make sure people even know about the shows or social media marketing like there are a million ways you could go about it but the one I want to talk to you today is because there might not be people coming to your shows because you're not showing those that do turn up enough respect And I really want you to be honest with yourself about that. If you're playing shows and if you see there's not many people there, if you're thinking, you know what? I was going to play for 45, um, but I might just play for half an hour today just because there's not many people here. You're not giving them the show they deserve. You need to be going out to every single room like it's full. You need to play the same show you would for an arena if it's just a small club with five people in it because you never know who is in the crowd and you never know what they could do for your music down the track. And realistically, you don't don't just want to be playing like like give your best set and go. You know what? I never know who's in the crowd and then you find out that none of them were record label executives and you're like, "Oh, well what, uh, you know, what a bummer that is." It's not about that, okay? You're not meant to be disappointed about those that uh, like if they're not a record label executive. The whole point is is the fact that if you give everyone Everyone, that's the thing, everyone, regardless of who they are or what their job title is, has the potential through word of mouth to make more people come to your show next time. So rather than being being madder at the short-term results, see it as an investment. Be the band that gives the, you know, if you're on a lineup where every band is just not that interested because there's not many people there, give that show the time of your life, uh, give that show the time of their life, sorry, and also the time of yours too because it's a ton of fun. Uh, Play it like nothing else because you will be the band that stands out and everyone there will be like, wow, how cool are they? They actually gave us a set like, there were, you know, there wasn't many people there, but they just like played like we mattered. And therefore, they just tell everyone being like, you've got to see them, Their set's set so good, right? All the bands that just played disappointedly may as well not play at all uh, because if you at least if you didn't play at all, you wouldn't have done damage to your name. So think of it like that. I mean, this is so unrelated, but yesterday I was at my mother's house. We went over there for dinner and at the front door, uh, you know, the, a lady knocked at the front door and she was doing... Um, fundraising for a surf lifesaving club, I think. And Mum said, Oh, you kind of got us at a bad time. We're just about to sit down for dinner, which we were. Uh, um, is there anything I can help you with? And she said, Oh, if you're sitting, cause she was, uh, she's like, I'm here to sell you uh, raffle tickets for the surf lifesaving club, but it's, if it's a bad time with dinner, um, I'll let you be just, um, make sure you support the surf lifesaving club. Um, you know, make sure you can, if you can make sure you can I'll make sure if you can, please do pretty much. And mum's like, Oh, thank you very much. And she walked away. And I, uh, normally those people are quite ruthless and they're like, hi, I just want to borrow you for five minutes. Can I try to sell you on this or whatever? But she didn't, she turned it down and said, you know what? No, I respect that you're having dinner. Um, if you can support the surf Life Saving club, um, let us know. And I, and I said to mum as she come back down, I'm like, that's incredible that they, that she did that. Like, wow. That, you know, that makes me want to support the surf Life Saving club. And mum said, Hey, I feel like if I had 20 bucks on me, I'd want to run down the street and say, take it. And that's the exact same thing really with, your music, right? If you show people that respect, they know that I mean the crowd probably knows that there's not many people there, but if you give them that show and show them that same respect and you act differently to what they think you're going to act, they probably think, "Oh, you know, just like every other band tonight, they're not going to care. What a waste of time it was for me to pay $10 entry and come in and watch these bands." If you give them the show of your life, you'll sell more merchandise, you'll get more followers. Word of mouth is so important, and I talked about this on a previous podcast episode, I think, but I'll be talking a lot more about it, trust me. Word of mouth is huge for growing fan base because 93% of it occurs offline and it's all about people talking to one another. So if you want to grow seriously, do everything that positions yourself to be in a positive state for word of mouth. Again, ton of stuff there. Hopefully I've been able to help you with uh, some of that and help you move forward with that too. So really, as it comes down to it, you need to be thinking about every show being the best thing you can do. I worked with an artist recently who uh, played to what looked like an empty room that she said there was no one that looked like no one was in the crowd like she thought there was actually no one there because it was a seated event at like a club or a pub or something and there's no one there but when she finished a guy like in the movies or tv show came out of the shadows he was just sitting in the shadows and she couldn't see him and he said he was an AR. um so and repertoire so he was actually looking for like a, a talent scout and he was looking for um, he wanted to set up a meeting with her to talk about some opportunity. I think it was like getting on a festival or a show or something like that, um, or something they were doing. So you never, you literally never know not only who is in the room, but who is in the room. If if it looks empty, there might be someone in the room. You never know who they are and if they can help you, especially with, um, clubs and pubs, the amount of times that for us we'd play and the bartender would be like, you know what, I've got a party next weekend. Would you want to play that? Like networking is the biggest thing for the music industry, especially when you're in the uh, underground intermediate stage. So definitely be focusing on that. And um, always give everyone the show of their lives because realistically, you're only as good as your last performance. And if, you're, if your performance is like tired and like bored and lethargic and disappointed, What are you as an artist, right? So be the happiest version of yourself. Enjoy every moment of it. And the more positivity you put out into the world, the bigger the response you'll get. And that's the most exciting thing. So anyway, that's the end of uh, this episode today for Live with Jason John Evans. Sorry my brain was so scattered for a lot of that. As I said, I feel like if you've just started listening to this show over the last like three or four episodes, maybe a bit more because uh, coming up to the baby being born, I was getting no sleep as well. this isn't my usual self. I'm usually more concise than this. But hopefully, if you've enjoyed it, you're going to love it when I'm back on back on my game, you know. Uh, but as I said, if you haven't joined the I Am Northbound Inner Circle, you definitely should because I'm just about to answer the final question, which is, can I do a good music video clip on a budget? I'll be talking about that inside the Inner Circle. You can join at iamnorthbound.com. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's a video, so you are. You can go to iamnorthbound.com and uh, sign up. As I said, it's free. If you get in now, it won't cost you anything. You Get access to all of the data, uh, so all of the videos and stuff, and. Just to be clear, I'm not saying that I'm going to charge for it soon, but as I said in the beginning, that might eventually happen. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it so anyone who has an account now gets free access for life for being a supporter for us because it's the least I can do to help you out for supporting me in the beginning. So if you go and get an account now, you get access to everything. It's completely free. And I'll be answering the question, can I do a good music video on a budget in there? But anyway, until next week, hope you have a fantastic time. Hope your music writing is going really well. Um, you know what? What can I give you this week for something cool to do? you know what I want you to do? This one isn't so much of like a uh, positivity mindset thing, but it kind of is. If there's something you've been putting off for quite a while because you kept saying that the, the pain of doing it isn't worth, I mean, it's it's better to just not do it. The pain of like having not done it is worse than what it would be if you actually did it. I want you to wake up a little bit earlier and get it done straight away, no matter what, okay? I feel like I'm being your dad here. Come on get up, do your job, whatever you've been putting off, get it done. If it's about, if it's for your music career, even better. If you've just been hesitating on emailing someone, do it. If you've uh, thought about, you know what, I don't know if I want to, I really want to send it, uh, you know, I really want to try to get on that festival that comes through town, but I just don't really want to have to make that phone call. Cause what about it? What if I, the f- fear of rejection, you know, what if they say no, do it, go do it. I want you to do it. And then I want you to email me, send me a DM, and let me know how it went for you. Every time I put these little challenges out, you guys have some cool stories about them. Uh, so I want to hear them. I want you to send them through and let me know what it does for you. Because I can guarantee something big is going to happen. If you just do it, if you just do it right, the what is that really old meme now? The Charlotte, how do you say his name? Transformers Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf? Whatever, his uh, just do a thing. If you just do it and go out there and send a message, make something happen in the world. Uh, you are asking for big things to come your way. As I've talked about in the past, my brother sent an email randomly that I would have put a hundred thousand dollars on the fact that we that it would be a rejection. And it turns out that he emailed one of our favorite rappers, and he ended and the rapper was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll collaborate with you guys for sure." And we got him on one of our tracks. Crazy, all because he sent us, us an email. So I want to see what it does for you. Send an email make a phone call, even if it's just cleaning your house because you've wanted to do it, get up and do it and just feel the relief of when you actually get it done. And that's just going to start that snowball effect of making bigger things happen in the future. But until then, have a fantastic day, afternoon, night, whatever it may be, wherever you are in the world, stay safe. And I'll catch you on the next episode of Live with Jason Evans.